It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode 41. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. The Golden Gopher football team continues Big Ten play with a game at 16th-ranked Penn State in the Nittany Lions annual whiteout game this Saturday night. We'll preview that, we'll look back at last week, and get to know star senior safety Tyler Newbin just a little bit better. He's one of my favorites, and I'm thrilled he's my opening guest here on this week's podcast. I know you're going to love his story and what he has to say. From football, we'll then shift gears to hockey today. The Gopher women's hockey team is off to a fast start, unbeaten, and ranked number two in the country. We'll be joined by four-time national championship winning head coach Brad Frost, another one of our favorites. We'll get an early season look at the women on ice. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors advisors and true north mergers and acquisitions sunbelt serves more businesses up to five million dollars in revenue than anyone and true north mna serves companies with revenues up to 150 million dollars you can get a confidential no cost no obligation business valuation started today make the most of your life's work visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today our thanks to brian slipka and all of that group as they are supporting gopher athletics the go gopher podcast with mike grimm is also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Like the Gophers, Affinity Plus is fundamentally sound with preparation, focus, and follow-through. And we're so glad to be affiliated with Affinity Plus. It's a local Minnesota credit union providing all of your banking needs, including a top-ranked mobile app. And talk about community involvement. They've got that as well with Special Olympics Minnesota, as well as supporting Gopher Athletics. They sponsor our player profile segment within our podcast. And of course, that's coming up as we feature Tyler Newbin. Our podcast is also Sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to click the subscribe button. You can listen at any time for free. You can go back and listen to our previous podcast as well. We had Tanner Morgan, the Gopher quarterback, on our show last week. This week, we're talking Gopher football once again. It's the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 41. Our guest this week, Gopher safety Tyler Newbin. Here's our conversation. Tyler Newbin, Golden Gopher safety, joins us here. It's episode 41. One of the Go Gopher podcast. Uh, good to see you, sir. Good to see you too, Mike. So you had double-digit tackles in that game at Illinois. We were just joking a little, but certainly serious about it too. How sore are you when you're out there for 80-plus plays and you're making all these tackles and also collisions that aren't tackles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every every Big Ten game, man, it, it, it's physical. So, you know, you're going to feel it after every single game, but uh, especially after a game like that, definitely feeling it. What do you think was the situation there? You guys had you put them in some spots to get off the field, a couple of fourth downs, a couple of second and 20s, mm-hmm. and then they just were able to to keep possession of the ball. Kind of as it almost gave you guys a taste of your own medicine right. with the Gophers, how they want to win exactly. the game, um, which in, I guess in one sense now you know what it feels like in a little bit. You don't yeah. want to have that feeling again, I suppose. Yeah. But what do you think? Were you able to put your finger on what, um, what they were able to do to stay on the field? Because you guys have been so good defensively for, for a number of years in those situations. Uh, yeah, I think it was just just execution. You know, they they weren't really doing any you know special plays or anything like that. They were just really executing their plays uh, exactly the way they were supposed to, and you know we weren't executing uh, the way that we should have on defense. So uh, you know they they went four for four uh, on fourth down. So you got you know you got to tip your hat off to them, their their coach for trusting them uh, to go on fourth down. But you know in those situations we got to execute, and you know we didn't. You guys were doing 
the job on third down mm-hmm. and first down in yep. terms of putting them into situations. Um, I think I saw the analytics second down wasn't as good. And then fourth down, like you say, it happens for, yeah. you know, four for four. Um, but people sometimes we always look at the stats and the stats always say third down efficiency and fourth down efficiency. Mm-hmm. But second down is pretty important, too, right? Yeah, very true, man. It's I mean, it's as important as any down, honestly, you know, uh, getting them behind the sticks, making them have to go, you know, third and long instead of third and short, you know, second downs are, you know, one of those hidden uh, things that people don't really pay attention to that, you know, you got to be good on because uh, that could determine whether they're going to go for it on fourth down or not. You know, if they have a third and long and they don't get it, they're not going to go on fourth down. You know what I mean? So uh, we got to be better at putting teams in situations where, you know, we can kind of control what they're going to do. What um, from a now you're one of the senior leaders on this team. So uh, what do you do to, to try to make sure that uh, that people aren't losing track of the stuff that's still there to be accomplished? Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, there, we can accomplish anything we, we want to. You know, we still got uh, six, seven games left, you know, um, and I think everybody knows that. I don't think that that's something that, you know, I have to really, you know, tell people. But uh, something that I try to do is just, you know, make sure that uh, people have the, the attention to recommit themselves uh, to really – be the best they can every single day because, you know, every day counts, every practice counts, every, you know, hour you watch film counts. So uh, I really just want, you know, to emphasize maximizing the time that we do have together. What, um, from from that mentality too, I think players and coaches probably because it, you're right back at it Sunday, mm-hmm. right? That fans kind of, you know, they obviously fans have their own idea and they don't always know what, what's happening within the locker room. So they might have an impression of, oh, man, two losses in a row. This mm-hmm. thing might be spiraling. But players get right back to work. I mean, right. and I'm not saying players take the losses better because I know you guys sting when you lose. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you get to go right back to work might make it like like you put those leather vests yeah. on, as PJ says. Yep. And as we talk here recording this podcast on Tuesday, um, it's fresh life again, right? Right. Yeah, honestly. I mean, and that's after a win or a loss. So, I mean, having that next opportunity is always awesome. You always, you know, learn from what you did the last game and then you flush it and then take that into uh, into account the next game. So, you know, just having that next opportunity really, uh, you know, just helps you, you know, focus on, you know, the next thing that you have to do and not dwell in the past. You know, we learn from our past. We don't dwell in it. Uh, so, you know, just obviously, you know, that, that next game helps. You guys have been so good on defense here for a number of years now. You're a third-year starter, four-year contributor. Um, how much fun uh, is it to play in this defense uh, with people around mm-hmm. you that you've kind of developed with? It's awesome, man. It's, it's super fun. You know, seeing guys like Flip uh, coming into his own now, you know, seeing guys like Braylon, you know, Mariano, Jalen Logan Redding, uh, me and Trill who came in the same class. You know, it's, it's just awesome to see guys like that uh, having – all the work that, you know, they put in payoff because, you know, not, fans don't see that. You know, people on the outside don't really see that. But uh, when you're working with these guys for four years, you see, you know, all the work, the dedication they put in. It's just awesome to see it pay off. And uh, your uh, partner in crime back there in the middle mm-hmm. of Jordan Howden, you guys have gotten to be pretty close. I notice yeah. in practice you have, a, I guess, a handshake that includes a jump, and yeah. I suppose you do that pregame <laughs> too. Uh, take me through the origin of that, and how tight are you guys? How close are you as, as not just players but maybe buddies too? Yeah, for sure, man. Me, me and Jay have definitely uh, grown a lot closer this year. Uh, we, we live together now, me and my brother uh, Jordan and uh, Don. Uh, so, you know, we, we've grown super close. You know, that, that handshake something we've been doing since since my sophomore year, his junior year. So, uh, I mean, honestly, we, we've been close since we've 
got here, but you know, since playing together for you know three years, definitely get, gotten a lot closer. And you guys know assignments and what each are supposed to do. How much more comfortable too? I mean, is it almost like you don't even have to say anything now because you guys know where each other's going to be and yeah. what the assignment is? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what makes playing out there with him so much easier. You know, we're, we're always on the same page. You know, I can just give him a little hand signal. He knows exactly what it means. I don't even have to scream at him. So uh, it, it's awesome, man. Just just having a guy like that, you know, that you trust. You know, I trust him. He trust me. Uh, so it, it just makes the game a lot easier. When you guys, uh, how much do you pay attention to like just stats? Like you guys for a minute were, I'm a, a minute I say that, it was like three, four weeks were number one total defense. Last two weeks maybe uh, a couple of different things haven't allowed that to be as good. But do you, do you pay attention to that and take pride in it? Or is it something like we don't care, we're just going out to play, like for example, Penn State this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, we take pride in doing what we do at a high level. So, I mean, we the stats are going to come with it. So uh, every day that we come in on a Sunday after a game, we like we take pride in how we played and how hard we played and you know how we executed our game plan. You know, we're, we're not really worried about stats because, you know, like I said, if you play good defense, that comes with it. Um, so we have a, a certain standard of how we play defense here and, you know, the things that you have to do on the field. So uh, I think we, we – really draw our pride from that. At least I do and, you know, a lot of the guys uh, on the defense do. Uh, so that that's really where we draw our pride from. So it's Penn State this weekend. I know that, as we, as mentioned, we, we're talking here as it's Tuesday. There'll certainly be more uh, that you guys will uh, study and mm-hmm. game plan implementation and so forth. And obviously you're not going to give away the whole game plan, yeah. but uh, what do you see from Penn State and what are some things that uh, that defensively you guys will have to, to uh, accomplish execution-wise this week? Yeah, the, they're, they're really athletic. They got, you know, a lot of you know firepower on that offense. You know, they're very multiple with their formation. Uh, you know, a lot of different route concepts that we haven't seen yet this year. So, uh, you know, that it's going to be a challenge. But, you know, you know, like I said, you know, last week, I, uh, we love challenges. We're up for a challenge. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun defending that. You, uh, growing up, I assume at some point watched a Penn State game where they had the whiteout, mm-hmm. whether it's against Michigan or Ohio State or what have you. Um, is that right? You, I'm, I'm assuming yes. you've seen one. Yes. Uh, so what, what do you think about being part of one now? It's awesome, man. It's, it's honestly, you know, admittedly some, you know, the childhood dream that I had, you know, playing college football, playing in that whiteout either, you know, for Penn State or against Penn State. Uh, but, you know, that, that's always been, you know, a dream to, you know, play in that. So it's going to be awesome to, to, to be in that game. How do you go into it? Uh, I mean, you guys have been around the block. I mean, mm-hmm. you've played against good teams. You you know, I mean, you think about some of the teams you've played. You've played in Ohio State. You've played in Auburn, beaten in Auburn, you know, and others. But uh, the whiteout is a, a new deal. How do you go in uh, and make sure you're not either one caught up in it or, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's teams that go in there um, that might even be intimidated a bit by mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's a that's a that's that's an imposing look. Right. How do you make sure that, uh, you know, that's not a factor, so to speak? Just being locked in and focused on the game plan, you know, it's, it's just another game. You know, it would be the same thing if they had to come play here. It's just, you know, at least 60,000 more people than we got. So uh, fans are fans. You know, it's going to be a cool experience. But uh, being locked in and focused on the details and what you have to do, that's that's how you block that out because at the end of the day, you got to play football. You guys have been a good road team, too, over the years. Uh, What what do you think has been the key to to being good on the road? Uh, Just preparing for it, you know, Things that we do in practice, you know, we know it's going to be loud, things on the road. So, you know, we got, you know, the, the fan, like, sounds blaring in the uh, in the indoor. Yeah. You really, honestly, can't even hear. So it's, it's probably going to be, a, you know, 
about as loud as that, probably a little bit louder, but uh, it, it prepares you, man. Just just preparing for what you're about to get into and just knowing uh, how focused and locked in you have to be as a defense and, and as a player, that, that really helps. And I suppose embracing the thought, too, right, mm-hmm. of, hey, let's go silence 100,000 folks. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's always fun. You know, that, that's, that was our mentality going into uh, into Michigan State, you know, just have them, have them leave by the fourth quarter. So uh, let's, let's have 100,000 people leave by the fourth quarter. Yeah. You guys, I, I noticed last week, and it's always this way if it's a Northwestern game for sure and an Illinois game where you go back to your home area to play. Yeah. Uh, I see your your mom and dad in the in the lobby of the hotel on occasion, and mm-hmm. um, they go to, they go to most of the games, right? I mean, yeah, and they yeah. get to they get to now they get uh, you know a two for one because they get to you know see your brother mm-hmm. and 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 watch him and spend time with him as well. What's that like to be able to have supportive parents like that coming? Uh, obviously, you wanted the outcome to be different last week, but uh, mm-hmm. I think you told me you were trying to grab up thirty tickets yeah, for everybody, yeah. right? Almost, um, almost that, yeah. <laughs> it, it got up there, but uh, it's, it's awesome, man. Just having them uh, as a support system. You know, obviously having my brother here. Uh, you know, I get to see him every weekend, so that's awesome. It's a blessing because you know I know not everybody uh, gets to have that opportunity to see their parents. You know, every single weekend. Uh, so that, that's just awesome, man. They'll be there this weekend. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. they will. Yeah. Um, when um, when did you realize um, at a at how old were you that hey you know this football thing one I'm pretty good at it two I might be able to uh, you know play at a high level uh, college and and eventually hopefully you know NFL football. Uh, I mean, I, I think you know I, I always had the dream to to do that, and you know I always thought that I could definitely accomplish that you know even as a little kid but uh, it didn't really start you know coming to reality until you know high school until um, you know I had the opportunity to, to sit down with my high school coach Rob Pomazak, uh and he kind of like walked me through like you know I, I have the opportunity to really do this uh, and you know it's up to me whether I want to do it or not so uh, he kind of you know laid down down a blueprint and, you know I just, I just kind of did my thing so honestly that's that's really Kind of when I when I started to realize it. Walk me through then once it became apparent, like I'm getting schools interested in me. Kind of that process, and then how you ended up uh, choosing Minnesota. Uh, it it really started slow, you know, because you know I came from um, uh, school St. Charles North that you know wasn't really known for you know having football players. You didn't really have a lot of guys that got recruited from my school, so uh, it was hard at first because you know it was I wasn't really getting the offers that I wanted, but. Uh, going to camps and stuff like that, taking visits, you know, it, it was a long process, but uh, eventually my, my junior year, I started to get, uh, you know, offers, you know, Big Ten offers. Uh, Minnesota was, was actually the one of the first Big Ten offers. They were actually the second one. Um, but, you know, they were they were just really, Coach Fleck was always, you know, in my ear. He was always, you know, connecting with me, like keeping up with me, like asking how I'm doing, things like that. And, you know, that's something that I really appreciated that I didn't really get at a lot of other schools. So, you know, I think that that connection really was built really early. And, you know, that's what really made my decision easy as I got through the process. You know, it's fun because I'll have a, an occasional conversation, not a mm-hmm. lot, but an occasional conversation with with PJ and certainly on signing day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he says stuff and he, he's going to love every recruit. Right. Mm-hmm. But th- but you can tell he's got a couple guys that are, you know, this guy is going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was like 
Newbin's going to be a stud. Like yeah. this guy, uh, we're, this is going to be one of the guys that's going to be a, a long-term deal here that's going to have an impact. Um, and I'm sure he tells a lot of guys that. Um, but with that comes some pressure. Mm-hmm. So I remember you came in as a freshman. You were playing a lot of special teams. Mm-hmm. You got in on some plays, but mm-hmm. um, I guess Antoine was here, right? So yeah, it's not like yeah. you're going to beat Antoine no, out as a freshman. Definitely you know? not. Wasn't, and wasn't doing anything. You know, you're probably going to learn learn from him <laughs> yeah. what you can. And then, uh, and then you start in year two. So take me through the process of, um, you know, you're being told you're going to have an impact. Um, you're a really good high school player with multiple offers. And then you come in and it's like, yeah, you're going to cover kicks and punts and do a few things. Um, was that, I mean, how hard was that to adjust to, okay, I know I got to bide my time and wait it out. Right. Eventually it's going to happen. Was it was it hard or did you understand the situation? Yeah, I mean, it's always hard, you know, coming coming from, you know, being the guy to, you know, coming on a team where you got to be a role player. But, you know, that's, that's something I really understood Um that would help me in the future because, you know, obviously um, if they're these coaches get get paid a lot of money to, you know, coach football and put guys out there. So, if, you know, if they're telling me I'm not ready to play, I'm not ready to play. So uh, I was just really excited to help wherever I can. You know, they, they trusted me playing special teams, played all four special teams, uh, quad team member. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, I took a lot of pride in what they trusted me to do. And, you know, I, I wanted to be the best at what they trusted me to do. So that's something that I really took pride in, you know, really focused on. So uh, I wasn't worried about, you know, how many stats I had my freshman year because I knew it was going to come eventually. But uh, that's that's what they trust me to do at the time. So that's, that's what I took my pride in. And I think back to I remember um, – Every time there was a kick or a pun, I'm calling your name on a tackle. So mm-hmm. I could tell you were taking pride. And I remember even saying a few times on the radio, like, you know, that's a kid the coaches, you know, he's going to be in next year in an mm-hmm. every down situation. And certainly you were. Yeah. Um, and and look, if Antoine's not there, you're probably starting as a true freshman, yeah, maybe, right? Maybe. At, at the end of the day. So what did you learn from Antoine Winfield? What 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 kind of things do you take from a guy like that? Uh, just just how to you know carry yourself like a pro, and you know. Prepare like a pro. Take care of your body like a pro. Just just do everything at, at a professional level because you know that's, that's where he was headed, and you know that's where you know I want to want to go. So uh, I learned a lot of lot of things about you know watching film, you know doing things like that, and you know how to practice, you know practicing, playing hard every single down. Uh, so you know I learned a lot of things from him that you know I I carry into my game today. And then the next year was one of those weird years. One, it was uh, was the COVID year, yep. right? So that's mm-hmm. your first year of starting. Yep. But you don't get to uh, hang out with the coaching staff much right. in the off season, and um, and it all kind of is a weird year, yeah. e- even no from the from ball, the very start. No, no spring camp. ball. Yeah. Um, how hard was that then uh, to not have those reps to become? a full-time starter and then just try to have to, I don't want to say take your lumps, but learn it on the fly, I guess, is the better mm-hmm. way to put it, as opposed to like no spring where, hey, you're the guy, start next to Jordan, and here's how it goes. And all of a sudden, Michigan's here, and you're yeah. throwing out there, you yeah. know? Yeah, almost. I mean, it, it was it was a tough year for me, man. You know, just like you said, taking my lumps, learning on the fly, because, you know, I, I did have to learn a lot of the things on the fly just because, you know, we didn't have the time or, you know, the ability to even, you know, practice the things that, you know, you would see, you know, in a game. You know, I, I didn't get to, you know, go against the, the speed of the offense, you know, because we were split up at that time for COVID, uh, you know, barely had meetings, you know, could barely practice, no no fall camp, anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I was I was kind of thrown in the fire a little bit there, uh, but you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it any any different because you know it taught me a lot and I think it, it made me a lot better player today, uh, learning on the fly and learning in those games, you know, making mistakes that I don't make anymore today. I was wondering, you know, sometimes you know you have to take some battle wounds to yeah. to 
eventually get to where you want a scar or two along the way. Yeah. Um, and now it almost, you know, I suppose, and they're figurative scars. I suppose you have some actual scars yeah, too yeah, from this, but um, <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, t you look at maybe those with, with some pride knowing mm -hmm. that, Hey, I mean, nothing comes easy and you worked hard to get now to where you're at. Right. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, coach Rossi says it all the time, you know, he, he used to say it about me too. You know, told me, you know, am I an elite player yet? No, but you know, if I, work the way that I work, you know, have have a great process and, you know, learn from mistakes, I will be a great player one day. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think, like I said, man, I wouldn't do it any different. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, have it, the situation be any different because, you know, I, I learned so much from that year. Uh, it, it's made me into the player I am. You get through that 2020 year, and then you get, you do get a spring ball, mm -hmm. which certainly I would think helps. And you do get a fall camp and yep. off-season workouts, and you're around the coaches. Mm -hmm. And to me, now you tell me if I'm wrong, and I think you and I have talked about this off the air, so to speak. You just looked, you just carried yourself differently. I mean, just aside from the play, like mm -hmm. the results were different too. Yep. But just like you're walking into a huddle or walking out of the tunnel or leaving practice, you just had this aura about you like, mm -hmm. okay, I get it now. Like, yeah. like the the Comfort level, maybe, is the way I would put it. Is that is right. that true? Do you think? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Co uh, comfort and confidence, you know, and the, and that comes from you know doing doing the things that I did, you know, the preparation that I put in, the time that I had with my coaches, uh, spring ball, fall camp, uh, and also having twenty twenty because you know I, I knew that you know. 2020, I didn't know anything, you know, and I, you know, I kind of, you know, thought I held my own a little bit, you know, made made mistakes, you know, here and there, but, uh, you know, I just had had a certain level of confidence that, you know, I could I could do this, and, you know, that I was where I was supposed to be, and you know, I knew what, exactly what I had to do. Yeah, and so you have that great year, and now you're obviously having another great year here. Mm -hmm. Your brother in in that mix also shows up on campus, mm -hmm. and how how did that did that help? Did that change just to have some, uh, you know, a, a guy that you love and want to hang out with yeah. uh, here? How, how much did that help? Definitely, it, it helped a lot, man. It was, it was kind of uh, like high school because, you know, we played together in high school too. Um, but, you know, just, just having them to, you know, take him under my wing, you know, be able to show him things that, you know, I wish I knew as a freshman kind of helped me uh, focus on, you know, myself too and make sure I'm right for him all the time, make sure, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be doing the things I'm supposed to do. Uh, just just being that example. So uh, that, that really helped me, you know, have my head on even straighter uh, and, you know, focus on the things I had to focus on. And uh, and kind of overseeing him, did that give you a sense of even more leadership? I mean, just in in your own little cocoon, but also just as a general outlook, team wise too. Yeah, you know, it, it gave me you know a little more confidence to be able to lead, and, you know, be able to lead by example uh, for other people too, not just my brother. So you know, it kind of spread throughout the whole team. He gets here and he starts on uh, the scout team defensively, right? When yeah. he first got here, yep. and I'm watching, and and, and um, he doesn't have the height that you have. Mm -hmm. But he's got a pretty good physique, and he can yeah. run. Yep. And so I'm like, who is that guy? And I'm looking at the, oh, okay, oh, that's him, all right. <laughs> and then the running back situation goes haywire last year, mm -hmm. and they're like, this kid can run. So now he's a running back, yeah. right? So now you get to go against him uh, a little bit with scout team and, mm -hmm. and you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, what's it like looking across the uh, across the field now seeing him <laughs> uh, on the offense? It's a little weird, man, but but it's awesome, man. He's, he's doing his thing. Uh, definitely got to tell him what's up when, <laughs> when, when we see each other in the hole 
uh, definitely every single time. Uh, but uh, honestly, it's awesome to see him doing this thing. He's really coming into his own. Now he's gotten some carries this year. Those mm-hmm. early games, especially, he got he got an opportunity. Um, were you able to to watch, or were you having to sit on the bench and take part in those defensive meetings that happen in game? No, no. At, at, at that moment, I think I, I was done playing at that at that time. So I, I got to watch and see him run the ball, and that that was awesome. That was great. I could hear my mom screaming in the, in the stands. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was it was great. There's nothing much like you know you got a little brother. I have a little brother too. I'm, are you the oldest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the oldest. Yeah, yet. two. Just you yeah, two. Just, just Same with him. me. And so okay. my brother, um, you know, I would pick on him until he got. Now, unlike you, he got bigger than me, so I knew when to when to back <laughs> off. And and we're still close to this day, right? Well, I'm I'm 51, so that that's yeah. cool. We talk, you know, at least weekly, but usually mm-hmm. several times a week. And he ended up go, he ended up like you. He's two years younger than me. Uh, came to the same college and oh, wow. got to hang out a little bit. Now we weren't high level athletes <laughs> like you guys were, but uh, you know it is. There is something about it to to that relationship and to mm-hmm. take pride. Now he's my brother's gone on to be really successful in the business world, and I just always am, am uh, you know like ah man. Man, that's cool. He's doing so great, yeah. and I'm I'm sure that to watch your brother get some carries and whatever else, you just beam mm-hmm. with pride as much as anything else yeah. you probably watch. I right? love it. I love it, man. Just just seeing him do his thing because you know I I remember when I was in that position, you know, coming up, you know, doing playing special teams. Like I said, uh, it's just awesome to see that, man. Yeah. Um. And and where do you uh, where where do you see now? Uh, you going? Uh, you're in a fourth year, and I'm not asking. Hey, just determine what you're doing yeah. here. But uh, long term, you want to be in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Do you get to chat with anybody to tell you, hey, this is yet, or is that to come maybe after this year or at some other point to, you know, whether it's someone that knows, even like a Marcus mm-hmm. here locally, right? He talks to the NFL people right. quite a bit uh, on staff here. Like, here's what they say about you. Here's, I mean, you hearing any of that yet? Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to hear any of that yet, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know it's out there, obviously, but uh, I'm I'm really just just focused on on this season and you know winning our one week championship seasons every single week because uh, you know without me playing without you know playing great you know playing consistent you know none of that happens anyway so you know I might as well focus on you know be be at where my feet are at uh, and and just focus on what I'm doing every single day and not you know I'll I'll make the decision down the road. Yeah, and I've seen that happen before, not here maybe, but at other places where all of a sudden that talk starts and a guy starts looking ahead yep. and the play declines yeah. because you can't play in the Big Ten at a high level if you're not dialed in exactly. week to week, right? I exactly, mean, yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, you know, none of that happens unless you take care of, you know, what's going on on the field. So, you know, worrying about, you know, the future and, you know, where I'm headed is is pointless because I can't get there without doing the things that I'm doing every single day. And I have to be consistent. I have to keep doing what I'm doing. So I might as well just keep focusing on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now uh, the, the task at hand is we, we've talked about this, this whiteout game and this mm-hmm. Penn State game. Um, it becomes kind of a pivotal game as we get into the mid to late portion of October because mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden you win this weekend and, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit as you look down. Mm-hmm. Um, you snap the, you know, this little slide that you're on. I know PJ today, I was on the radio with him with the, with his coach's show, and I called it a little streak. And he's like, we don't talk about streaks. It's one game at a time. And yeah. I'm like, I get it. But, um, it, you know, each week becomes bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh with each week of success, right? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, each week gets bigger as the season goes on. You know, I mean, it, every every single game is is the most important game because it's the next one. So, you know, whether we win or lose, it, it, this is going to be a big game anyway. So, you know, I don't think we, we look at it like, you know, we've you know had a streak, we had a losing streak, we got to win this, you know. We were going to have to win this anyway because it's a one-game championship season. So we're going to keep thinking it is that. 
Yeah, and with with the whole, I mean, there's a lot of football left, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, th- there's yeah. nothing over yet, right? Yeah, and I know the players should think that the fans sometimes get into this mm-hmm. I, this mindset, like, oh man, it's spiraling out of control. But if you could watch practice, and I know players certainly, mm-hmm. you know, you ju- it's just the process, right? right? Each week is a process, and mm-hmm. off you go to um, to try to you know get get one this week, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's going to be fun. It's really been fun watching. You're, you've been one of my favorite guys to watch uh, develop because um, we could see that skill. Boom, boom. It's just been so fun to watch you develop into this just ball hawking team leader. Um, tough. I mean, hard nose, smart. It's been fun, Appreciate man. Appreciate that, yeah. man. Yeah. I do, I, I do want to uh, thank our sponsor. We got Mr. Uh, Newbin here, a $100 prepaid Visa gift card. That's courtesy of our sponsor, the podcast Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Proud to support Golden Gopher student athletes. And uh, you mentioned that's gas money now yeah, for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, gas going money. on the tank. <laughs> we, on the tank. We appreciate Affinity Plus uh, for helping out with the uh, Gopher football team as well. And uh, uh, Tyler's been awesome, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. That's Gopher senior safety Tyler Newbin on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 41. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I did being a part of it. Our thanks to Tyler, who's a very impressive young man, as you can tell. And our thanks to Affinity Plus for sponsoring our Gopher player profile on the Go Gopher podcast. We will next talk Gopher women's hockey with Gopher head coach Brad Frost. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900. Or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat. Sky Uma, Go Gophers. It's episode 41 of the Go Gopher podcast, and we're thrilled to be talking women's hockey here. The hockey season underway now. Gopher women are undefeated through a couple of weekends, ranked second in the country, and the four-time national championship winning head coach is Brad Frost. Good to see you. Good to see you, Mike. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, that's... uh You've had 41 episodes, yeah. and here I am, so here I, I know where I where I rank the, the, on the list. Well, you know, we've had a few guys come on more than once, and, you know, it. Um, I, I do feel bad that we didn't have you on last spring. We certainly should over as the season was winding in, so um, this is the first of many, let's say. L- let's let's say that. Let's do that. All right. Um, you're off to a good start. you got to feel good about scoring a bunch of goals and stopping a bunch of pucks, and here you are as a 4-0, right, through yeah, two weekends? F- yeah, 4-0, and, and uh, it, it's, been, uh, it's been pretty impressive. Impressive. In particular, last weekend we scored 20 goals for the first time in a weekend since 1999. Yeah. I think one of the crazier stats that that I was looking at is our, our top 12 forwards, so our, our top four lines. Uh, every player on one of those four lines has uh, has a goal. So 12 forwards with at least one goal, four games in. Uh, you know that that usually doesn't happen throughout a whole year, and and let alone uh, having it happen through four games is pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you have um, uh, Taylor Heisey who's back. I think she's getting a lot of the headlines just simply because she was the the Patty Kazmaier Award winner. What's it mean to have her back, and how has she kind of helped spark uh, that offense? Yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean Taylor uh, getting left off that Olympic team last year uh, just. Um, she learned a lot. Um, it provided a lot of motivation for her, and she just kind of grinded through. And, and last year was the, the best player in, in women's college hockey. And so to have her along with 
eight or nine other fifth-year seniors back, yeah. uh, two Olympians back, and Grace Sumwinkle and Abby Murphy. It, we're a very veteran-laden team, and uh, we have more depth than we've ever had. And, and so Taylor, obviously, is a huge part of that. Uh, hasn't been putting up the goals yet, um, but we haven't needed her to, yeah. and, and she's certainly creating a lot as, as we go. So we're not not too worried about her. Well, and I did see, I think there was one highlight where she basically skated. It was like the Harlem Globetrotters. She skated all over the place and got an open shot. So I know she has at least one. She I has saw one, that on She Twitter, has yeah. one, and, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, just, uh, I mean, that goal, I, I said to uh, said to our director of ops, Jess Scott, I, I said, if, if uh, you know, Taylor's in the mix for the Kazmaier, let's make sure we keep that, that highlight and, and put that on the video. Yeah, it was pretty fun. If people haven't seen it, I saw it on Twitter. Of course, on the weekends, I'm a little busy myself, but I always do try to get updated, and that one popped on my timeline, and I'm like, holy cow, that was uh, that was quite a, a skate. Uh, it was like a punt returner going all over the place to get a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. She was uh, weaving in and out, and to keep the puck and control it through all that was pretty impressive. Yeah, she's a special player, there's no doubt. Um, and you mentioned the two Olympians back. Um, Twelve players have scored. I mean, and as PJ Flex says, comparisons can steal your joy, but how depth-wise, I mean, does this compare to some of those teams that were that you've had that have been, you know, obviously all your teams have been pretty good, but where does the depth kind of rank, would you say, here with, with how many good players you have? Yeah, this is probably the, the deepest we've ever been. Um, you know, with the, with the opportunity for a fifth year because of COVID, um, again, the, the Olympians coming back, I think, you know, for us, we're, we're, extremely talented uh, up and down our, our lineup. Um, but so are other teams. So Wisconsin's loaded, Ohio State's loaded, Duluth. Just in our conference, those us four teams are all ranked in the top five. Yeah. You know, it's similar to uh, Big Ten volleyball a little bit. It seems like every weekend you're playing uh, against another top team. And, and, and that's fun. Um, it, it's what makes, uh, what makes things enjoyable. But we're very, very uh, deep um, we haven't been able to really roll four lines in a long, long time. And, and you know, on the men's side, uh, generally teams will play four lines. On the women's side, you, you generally play three lines. And so for us to have a fourth line that, that can play and, and put the puck in the net as well is, is pretty neat. Um, as you look at it, obviously, it's a program with high standards. As we mentioned, you've won four national titles. You've been in maybe, what, twice that many uh, frozen fours and all of that. Um Take me through your process of, of setting goals and what the expectation level is and how you handle that internally with the team. Sure. I, I mean, the expectations and goals are, are the same every year. And uh, from an on-ice standpoint, that's to, to try and win the, the regular season championship, which we did last year, uh, win the tournament championship and, and get to the Frozen Four and give ourselves an opportunity to, to win the big one. Um, obviously, a lot of things need to happen in order for, for that to, to take place. And, and we've experienced the highs and the lows of, of making it and, and winning it and, and getting there and, and losing. And, and so uh, you need some breaks, you need some luck, you need health, you need all these different things. And I think what people don't necessarily realize is, is uh, how hard it is to, to win. I mean, we won four in five years, yeah. and I think people thought that was easy. And I can promise you it's not. Um, and there's great coaches, great teams. Uh, throughout the country. The other expectations is, is you know, for our players, we let them know, hey, we love you guys unconditionally, but the expectations are that you embody and fulfill our values every day. And uh, that's success for us. Um, 
you know, we want our players to be tough, grateful, disciplined, and devoted. And and if they can do those things uh, on the ice, off the ice, they're going to be successful, not only in hockey, but in, in life, more importantly. And and so for us, that's that's where we look at in, in regards to finding our identity and, and who we want to be. And you mentioned from the time I was looking up this morning, um, it doesn't seem that long ago. Um, you had the undefeated team. That was like nine years ago now, right? It seems like it wasn't that long ago. So it... Um, and in, in a decade of girls hockey, especially, has changed everything. I mean, there's just more good players, right? Oh, very much so. I mean, and yeah. you're just may. And, and I'll ask you this way, and you can, because I don't know what the exact numbers are. Maybe back 10, 15 years ago, you're recruiting the state, and you could say, "I'm going to throw an arbitrary number." There's 15 WCHA quality players. Let's go have our pick. My hunch is that from 10 years ago till now, there's. 50 instead of 15? I don't know. I mean, and and those are just dumb numbers I threw out. You would probably have a better idea. No, right now there's about 40 girls, 35 to 40 uh, young women that just from the state of Minnesota that are playing uh, each year in, in Division One hockey. Uh, which is an incredible amount and and very exciting. The the talent has just continued to grow. Um, we've never uh, necessarily been able to say, hey, you know, let's just have our pick. Yeah. Um, we are very fortunate to be at the University of Minnesota and to be the the big uh, uh, D one school in in the state. Um, and obviously, have had a lot of success. So a lot of young girls grow up coming to our games, coming to yeah. our camps, and they want to be a, a Golden Gopher one day. And and that's uh, one thing that we want to make sure we continue to continue to have. I think it's really special to have you know sixty five, seventy percent of our players from Minnesota and. Uh, allowing them to try and fulfill their dream to become a gopher and, and win a national championship. So it's it's really neat. Yeah, and with hockey, it's, you know, as you mentioned, you got to have a little luck. I think people, like you say, it's hard to do it. I, even I remember talking last year to, to Bob Motzko. You know, he's like, it's a 16-team men's tournament. You could play that 12 times and might, have nine different champions, mm-hmm. right? And yep. I think it's that way now closer to the women, right? Like last year, you guys get upset, but if they played that all over again the next weekend, you might be hanging a banner or you might be yep. cutting down the net, right? Yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, we, we got upset by Duluth, um, who then went, and when I say upset, they were the number seven team in the country. Yeah. Um, and they went on to then beat Northeastern, who was number three in the country, and, and gave Ohio State the number one team in the country everything they could handle before Ohio State ended up winning it. So, you know, you, when you get into those one and done scenarios, it's anything can happen. It's not just the most talented team. It's Oftentimes, who gets the best goaltending? <laughs> you yeah, know, right? Uh, who hits the post and it stays out, and who hits the post and it goes in? Um, so there's just those little tiny details that sometimes you have control over, and other times you don't. But uh, it, it's not an easy thing to do. And when you do get there and you win it, you want to celebrate it, and that's what we're doing here this weekend. 25 years of of go for women's hockey. This is actually 26 uh, yeah. years, but last year. We weren't able to do it just because of different restrictions. And, and then we're also uh, honoring our 2012 and 2013 teams, as you mentioned. We're 11 years and, and 10 years out from from those two national championship teams. So should be a great uh, weekend on Saturday to just honor all of, of Gopher women's hockey, but in particular those te- two teams as well. Yeah, those two teams, what stands out to you about those two? Well, the the first one, um, 2012, uh, that was my first national championship as a head coach. I had been a part of the ones in 04 and 05. Mm-hmm. I had taken over in 07, 08. And so, you know, we, we had a little bit of a, you know, kind of a seven-year 
uh, drought, so to speak. And, and so I think anytime when it's your first one, uh, it's, it's pretty special. It was up in Duluth. We ended up beating Wisconsin in the championship game who had kind of been on a run of national championships prior to that. And, um, man, it, it was just so fun. I mean, just to, to see the players, uh, uh, their celebration and, you know, reaching a, a goal and fulfilling a goal that they've, they've had their entire lives. And the 20, you know, I think we won the last, 10 games in 2012, then we go into 2013, get on a run and end up going 41-0 and 0 in, <laughs> in that one, which, you know, still hasn't, uh, I was going to say hasn't been close to being touched, but um, in, uh, in in 2016, um, uh, Boston College was 40-0 and 0 before we beat them in the national championship game. So that team has gotten close, but, um, you know, just seeing the the – the pressure build, the excitement build as as we were going through that season, uh, the media coverage was was awesome, um, and our players just handled it extremely well. The Frozen Four that year, if you remember, yeah. was at Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up getting uh, North Dakota for the sixth time in in the uh, quarterfinals after just beating them two nothing the week before, and. Uh, going to triple overtime just to get to the Frozen Four. And that was probably the craziest game I've ever been in, uh, a part of. Three overtimes and almost going to a fourth. And, you know, Ritter was already sold out for the following weekend for the Frozen Four, so the pressure to get there was immense. And and fortunately, our team was able to get there, uh, go to overtime against Boston College in, in the semis, and, and then beat BU in, in the finals. So yeah. um, pretty special team. You know, and then win some more games to start the following year and get up to sixty-two games without a without a tie or a loss. It's really remarkable. I mean, just it, it, think like there'd just be some dumb hockey. You yep. get a dumb bounce, or you know, a goalie has is sick and is playing through something. But you guys went sixty plus in a row. Yeah, I don't. I it's still as you look back, it's it's just amazing. You don't you don't really think about. Uh, um, that that's even even possible in the game of hockey. So yeah. pretty special uh, few years there. I remember when you won the first one in 2012, we were out in um, New York City. The Gopher men's basketball team was in the NIT. And I remember uh, Joel Maturi was just so thrilled. I, I, I um, It's probably as happy as I've seen him over the course of time. And there were you know good things to celebrate over the course. But he came, I can't remember exactly the timeline. I'm, I, I'm assuming he was at the championship game. He was, game, yeah, and he then, was with us. And then he came out to watch um, the, the basketball team and um, it, he was just he was just so happy I mean he just had this big grin on his face and he was just it, it was pretty cool I remember that 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 was that was uh, that that was just a big thing for him to, to watch you and the team win no that. doubt and and you know to to be a program that's won seven national championships here and it's uh, uh, it's it's crazy to, to yeah. think back just how fortunate and blessed we are but a lot of hard work and and effort goes into that too um, we, we mentioned you said there were some ups and downs I don't want to reopen the wound but the uh, the year you guys got left out a couple years ago mm-hmm. um, that probably changed some things in terms of how the tournament's structured now is it still a, is it up to 11 yeah so they they moved it up to 11 and it, it just so ha- I mean we had been talking as a uh, coaching body about how can we you know with the NCA how can we increase our the size of our championship you know we were at four when things started mm-hmm. in the early yeah. 2000s and and then we went to eight. Uh, there's now another league out east uh, with six more teams, and uh, fortunately, women's hockey and programs just continue to grow. And and so, um, with five 
conferences and those conference tournaments, each those champions each receiving an automatic bid, all of a sudden there was going to be more than half of the field with automatic bids. Uh, and then the NCAA rule book, it talks about how you can't have more than 50%. So we had asked for, uh, we had asked for 12, they got us to 11. And, uh, and so things, uh, I think last year was the first year that, uh, that, uh, that, that happened. So I don't think it necessarily had to do with, with that, with us getting left out that year was crazy. It was, it was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the teams out east in, in the Ivies weren't playing um, because of uh, Big Ten testing protocol versus other teams in the WCHA. Our schedule was wonky. We played Wisconsin and, and Ohio State 13 times. <laughs> uh, Duluth ended up playing the other teams in our league, the D2 schools in our league, you know, 15 times. We went 2-0 and against Duluth. Yeah. Uh, somehow they made it in and, and we didn't. And, and that was just a, a huge disappointment. But um, it's what it is. And, and we've moved past it and really used that as motivation for last year and making the tournament and unfortunately losing to Duluth there. But um, we had a great year last year and, and we're looking to do some great things again here this year. If you could wave a magic wand, what do you think the right number is for women's hockey for a postseason? Uh, yeah, I think 12 just because it's... Um, uh, it's really weird to have an 11 team yeah, tournament, yeah. you know. So the way that they've done it is, you know, four and five will will play off, but at, at the three other sites, there's three teams, and you know. So you look at last year, for example, Duluth played Harvard um, on a Thursday night, um, won handily, uh, got some great momentum. Two days later, right. they they face off against us. You know, if we were able to play. Two days earlier, might that have helped us for for that game? You never know. So, right. anyways, it's it's uh, you know the the men's tournament was sixteen. They they have more teams and and the percentages are are the same in regards to the number of teams in. So, um, we're we're really excited to be able to get to eleven, um, especially with that new league forming and and uh, the opportunity for for more young women to to get into a, a championship season. So the the landscape of college athletics is is changing across the board whether it's women's hockey or football and now TV contracts and I'm wondering um, how much thought you've given if any to like okay every, cuz everyone's like oh this this windfall of money is going to start coming to all these schools um and what does that potentially mean for the growth of hockey and with name, image, and likeness and all this stuff? Um, you know, what, what, how do you see the future? Do you think this is an, a, a time for expansion for women's hockey? There's more and more girls playing it, obviously, uh, across the country. I, I would hope so, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, right? I, you, you think of in the Big Ten alone, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, everybody's been waiting for for a couple decades for them to, to get going. And, uh, and, and, Let's be frank. You know, women's hockey isn't isn't making money, um, and so it costs a lot of money to start a, a women's hockey program, uh, just like most programs. You know, eighteen scholarships and and the travel and the equipment and hockey sticks aren't cheap these days, and um, and so. Uh, it would be great if more programs would start up, but there really has to be a financial commitment from from universities to do that. Well. You know, the Big Ten schools in particular are getting a lot of money from that TV contract. I'm sure everybody has uh, their own places that that those uh, that that those dollars are going to go to, you know, with our for us, with the Athletes Village from the the COVID loan to 
um, you know, now the, the Alston are champions for life money uh, that student athletes can receive. So I, I think the, the college landscape is changing at an incredible rate. And we're, we've already seen that over the last few years. And it's going to be really interesting to see where it is in, in, in a few more. In the back of your mind, do you have a fear that it could that it that it could potentially shrink too because the you know the cost of other stuff uh, continues to rise. That that's certainly a concern, and and I think you know with this with this champions for life money as well, um, you know some schools are are able to afford it, others are not. That's why I really like actually name, image, and likeness because it's not. It's not coming from the athletic department's budgets. Um, if players and, and athletes want to receive more money and and uh, you know put the work in to to do that, then then they can. And uh, you know we have some players that are very involved in it, and and others that are like I'm I'm good. Um, yeah. And, and so it, it at least provides an opportunity for those who want it. Yeah, I was wondering how successful or how many of, of the players on your team maybe have a chance, whether it's a, a big number or a, a small number, uh, that they can maybe take advantage of it. Because hockey, you know, you're in the epicenter of where hockey is pretty popular. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, most of them are doing small little things with restaurants here in Dinkytown or whatever yeah. so that they can receive a, a free, you know, five free lunches yeah. or something or, or whatever. And, you know, I see them posting all the time and and uh, and ask them about it. But, you know, nobody's bringing in a, a lot of money like Paige Beckers or, yeah. you know, Gable yeah. Stevenson or some of those yeah. Uh, yeah. athletes. But uh, uh, but there's opportunities there for them and if they want to take them. And, and I think that's a good thing. You have St. Cloud State this weekend. Um, you mentioned it's a, let's see, it's a road game Friday. And then uh, the home game with all of the uh, festivities. Uh, what do the Huskies bring to the ice? What are you looking for from them this weekend? Yeah, new coach Brian Adolski. If uh, uh, the hockey people will know that name, he was uh, up at North Dakota and, and turned that program around before they folded their program. Unfortunately, in the meantime, he's been coaching in China. He was Nora Ratu's coach, uh, uh, playing over in, in in China and and in Russia a little bit. And, and then he was most recently the, the Chinese uh, Olympic coach and now is back in the WCHA and somebody that knows our, uh, knows our league very well and, uh, and, and is a great hockey coach. He also just hired Mira Yeloshua, our former uh, uh, Finnish defenseman who's been at Stillwater High School for a number of years. And, and so they, uh, they're, they're a very passionate team. They play extremely hard. Uh, they've got great goaltending. They have a couple uh, European players who are who are pretty special. Last week they they lost handily uh, to uh, uh, to Wisconsin night one five nothing, and then the next night they uh, were up two nothing in, in the second period two one with with uh, a minute to go, and Wisconsin tied it up and then beat them in overtime. So you look at our league, and you know uh, in particular the second the second game. Uh, adjustments are made. Um, and there's no surprises, and and those games are usually extremely tight, and and so they're uh, they're a team to to watch for. They continue to get better here under under him, and and I think they will uh, over the next couple of years as well. And then Saturday, what's the agenda look like for folks that want to come and watch, and and uh, the different things that that will all be going on? Yeah, we're looking to have a ceremonial puck drop on on Saturday. Again, it's uh, our, our 25-year uh, anniversary celebration, and and then in between periods, we'll honor the the 2012 uh, team and and 2013 
uh, championship teams as well. So it's uh, just a great opportunity to come out and see some uh, some alumni, maybe that you kind of grew up watching or, or were cheering for, and um, a lot of players are coming back, so it should be really neat. I think fans, too, are maybe more comfortable now coming out, hopefully. It's a tough time of year, right, because right. there's so much going on. you got football, um, hockey starts so early. You guys have the longest season in the history of organized <laughs> sports, I think. Um, but that said, um, hopefully people are now a little more comfortable, right, coming out to a crowd and just getting back out and cheering and, and, and can get back to uh, to getting really good crowds at, at Ritter. Right? Yeah, we would love that. I mean, you know, October we usually struggle with uh, with crowd size just because people aren't thinking hockey mm-hmm. uh, necessarily. Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously a big weekend for the men coming up with North Dakota and a big weekend for us. And, you know, we've scheduled our games uh, so that uh, fans can come and, and go to both. And, great, and so, right? yeah. um, you know, two o'clock on Saturday, we'd love to love to fill Ritter. And again, I, I still think it's one of the best products in town for, for seven, eight bucks or five bucks if you're uh, bringing a child. And, and so um, we need, uh, these players deserve to be seen um, and like I said, it's it's probably one of the best teams that we've ever had. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Let me get a quick uh, mention in here, then I got two more questions. We'll let you get on your way. Uh, we want to thank Affinity Plus. They're a sponsor of our podcast here. They're a local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a, cur- a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, that makes you eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of the branches statewide. There's one right here near campus on University. University as well. To learn more or to find another way to connect, go to affinityplus.org dash go uh, slash that is go gophers. That's affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Affinity Plus, Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. Uh, two last two questions for you. So the WCHA, you mentioned uh, all these uh, teams ranked at the top. What'd you say? Four out of the five mm-hmm. top five are from the league. So how's this unfold? Uh, I mean, this is a, a challenge each week, right? And then you got the teams like St. Cloud that are kind of pecking at the trying to get into that mix and others, yeah, I suppose. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at, uh, look at Mankato, who we, we played last weekend, they had played Duluth and, and Ohio state, uh, the weekend, bef- weekends before they were up four, two on, on Ohio state, uh, with seven minutes to go. Unfortunately, let that one go. They took, uh, Duluth to overtime. You see St. Cloud taking, uh, Wisconsin to overtime. And, and so there's just no easy games and, and, uh, the goaltending is too good. The coaching is too good. And, and there's a lot of pride on the line too, you know, yeah. for, for these teams, they don't want to get blown out. They want to, you know, in particular for us, they want to beat the Gophers. Majority of the players in the WCHA are from Minnesota. And so, you know, there's uh, some personal things there and, and have grown up with a lot of our players as well. Uh, and then those top four teams, us, Wisconsin, Ohio state and, and Duluth, uh, just incredibly talented, very well-coached, good teams. And so um, how it shakes out, nobody knows. It was similar last year, and, mm-hmm. and we won the, the WCHA Conference uh, Championship, which was a big, big deal um, because I think it's one of the hardest conference championships to win. And, and so, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll approach every weekend as, as we do. We want to play to our standard and, and play to the – 
the way that uh, we know we can and regardless of our opponent and see where it goes. You mentioned, uh, last question for you, you mentioned earlier about the, the importance of goaltending, uh, really all season, but playoff hockey as well. Um, you had a unique situation last year, and I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't followed it closely enough just yet. As you mentioned, October, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, how's your situation in net? How comfortable are you and what, what how does it unfold for you? Yeah, really, really excited about we have two, uh, we have three goaltenders, two are competing right now for, for that starting spot. Uh, Michaela Paul, who's a senior, and, and Skylar Better, who's uh, who's a sophomore. And, and so, uh, as we told them, they're both going to get opportunities here, and, and we'll let that play out as, as it goes. But there's no doubt that at the end, you better have the goaltending, and, and we feel pretty confident about that. Very good. Hey, great to see you. You too. Sorry it took 41 episodes. <laughs> That's okay. I forgive you. Well, we'll have you back, let's say, before at least before 55. You think so? Yeah, okay. for sure. Well, that would be, we do one a week, so better be before then even. Yeah, we'll have you back before then. Sounds sure. good, Mike. Sounds good. good to see you. Thank you. you. He is Brad Frost. It's episode 41. My thanks to the great Brad Frost, Gopher women's hockey coach. Also a big thank you to Gopher safety Tyler Newbin talking Gopher hockey and football here on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 41. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We're also proud to be supported by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. And we're also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland, a big gopher football and hockey fan. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now of the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to listen at any time. And please share the link on your social media channels so others can listen as well. We'll talk again next week.